but uh, I do want to give honor to Apostle Kyle. Um, out of everything he, he has going on in his life, he still finds time to pour into his sons and daughters at Dominion Church, and I'm just so thankful for that. Amen. He is a spiritual father that I so desperately needed in my life, and I honor him greatly. Um, I also want to honor Pastor Devon and Pastor Ramel for being here. Um, their ministry um, radically changed my life. Um, restoring the foundations and in my heart there were some things that I was going through in my life that um, with their guidance and with their help helped me get through that in a big way and so every time I get a microphone in their presence um, I'm sure to honor them I love you guys so much so means something I do I have a word for you guys and those of you who know um, God has given me the gift to teach, and so that's what I want to do tonight. I just want to teach a word that God has given me, and I want you guys to just understand that the substance of a message should be determined how it's given, right? When God downloads something in your spirit, the way that you steward that word is a big deal, and so I believe God has given me this word tonight. It's meaty, it's weighty, but I believe it, it comes from the Lord, amen. So if you guys could just open up your hearts and get ready to receive it. First, I want to pray and give thanks to God. Father God, we thank you for this convening, God. We thank you for everyone that's here, God, and everyone that's not here, God. God, I just ask you to remove me out of the way and just let your spirit flow. Let your spirit shine, God. God, we gather here today to simply give you glory and honor and praise. And we thank you, God, for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before Trey puts some scriptures up, I do want to talk a little bit about where I'm going today. This country that we live in is in turmoil. Amen. Would many of you agree with that? Yeah, I believe so as well. And the reason why... It's because of the culture that we have established in this country. I'm not saying we as the church, but the people of this country, right? And there's only one thing that can fix it, and you're a part of it. And that's the church of Jesus Christ and what Jesus has come to do, and that's to bring his kingdom. So I'm going to ask Trey to go ahead and throw up that slide that, there it is, the king's culture. That's what we as the church have to get back to. We have to get back to the king's way of doing things. And until that happens, it's only going to get worse. What we as Christians have to do is we have to unpack our bags waiting on Jesus to come and rescue us from all of this, right? Because the fact of the matter is, in Matthew 24, Jesus says that upon my return, the kingdom must be preached into the entire earth. And the fact is, is that the kingdom has not been preached to America. And so if it hasn't been preached to America, then it hasn't been preached to the entire earth. And that's what we have to do. We have to get back to preaching the kingdom of God. Amen? He is the dilemma to our peace. 
or, or he, is the, he is the right thing to our peace. It's the dilemma that we're in, and Jesus is the only way to fix it. Amen? And so I have a scripture here. It's Genesis 12. Could you throw that up, Trey? In verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Let's go ahead and go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2 and 10. So the scripture before them was God speaking to Abram in the Old Testament, and now this is God in the New Testament, and this is Peter but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may have, that you may proclaim the praises of him who call you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Let's go back to verse nine, Trey. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who call you out of darkness or ignorance into his marvelous light. Amen. Our society has gotten so non-Christian that it, it, it's crazy. And I'm, it's sad to be a part of this generation because in this society we have large churches all over the place. And that's what you see. You see these big, large churches and you have people coming to meet Jesus. But the fact of the matter is society is going down. Listen to this right here. High school dropout rate at its highest ever. Unwanted pregnancy at its highest ever, which is leading to abortion. Teenage pregnancy, highest ever. Poverty rate, highest ever. And racial tension is as high as right now as it's been since the 60s. And see, the fact is, is that we have churches that are packed, slammed full, but then we have this going on. And so what's happening is, is that what's happening is the church is sacrificing the word of God being preached for numbers. We want our churches packed full, but we don't want discipleship. Jesus spent three and a half years of his life discipling his disciples, right? Jesus could have came and done the work on the cross in a matter of seconds, but he came to bring his kingdom, and his kingdom is what disciples us and disciples us to be that holy nation, that royal priesthood that is talked about in 1 Peter, amen? In America, the Bible is simply viewed as just a religious document. That's what it's viewed as. It's viewed as just like the Koran, something that has a bunch of moral codes, and when you follow those moral codes, it'll make you a better person. But see, the Bible is an old will and a new will. It's an Old Testament and a New Testament. It's a law. It's, it's God's governing law that sustains this earth, and when we put to, to practice those laws, what happens? God's kingdom will advance in the earth. Amen? Amen. 
But see, the problem is, is that in the church is we take a worldly mindset and then we bring it into church and that's how we want to function and that's how we want to operate. Because what we're familiar with is democracy. That's what we're familiar with in this earth. And so what happens is we bring that same mindset into the church and everybody has a say. Everybody has an opinion. And when something happens that we don't, want, we don't agree with, we want to bring it to the forefront. But you see, that's not how a kingdom operates. Because when a king says a thing, that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's what Jesus is. Amen. We need to have a kingdom mind when we come into the church. And this is a place where we come. We get that revelation. We get that knowledge. And then we take it into the earth. And what do we do? We advance the kingdom in the earth. But so many people, so many Christians, they want to come in here and they don't want to be the salt of the earth. They want to be the salt of the church. And, and then what you have is you have a bunch of, I'm going to say it like Apostle Kyle says, a bunch of pansy Christians just, just throwing salt on each other. Right? It's like um, Pastor Jerrica, my wife, um, God just blessed her with a new job. And in that job, you know, she was like, man, I, I just, I don't understand why God's put me here. She said, I'm around a bunch of Christian people. And uh, she was telling me these stories. And, but then she was like, man, the office that I'm over, she said, they just, they a mess. That's what Jericho would come home and tell me. And I said, babe, you know, you're kingdom minded. And if you take that into the earth, things are going to get better, right? And in what, babe, a month's time, things are already better, right? That's what we have to do, right? But the, the mindset that we have sometimes is that we're going to a job or we go into a place and we say, God, rescue me from this. I just want to be around a bunch of Christian people. The people that I work around are a bunch of heathens. And maybe... Maybe God has sent you there to be that salt that that environment needs, right? Because what will happen is when we come to church, right, too much salt ain't good, right? I, I'm just telling you. Like, that's the, that's the truth. Like, I mean, if you, if you ever took that salt shaker and you went to go and put a little bit and then the top falls off and then it all goes in there and then you... You try to be a good husband and eat it anyway, <laughs> and then it ain't good, right? It ain't good. Like This is a place where we can come and we can take off that armor of God, where we can, I wouldn't say take it off and be a bad person. What I'm saying is we're laying those titles down, right? And we're getting at the feet of Jesus, right? And we're opening our heart to discipleship, not thinking that we know it all or know everything or have the answer for everything. Amen. This is what this place is. The Bible says that Jesus was born at what? The fullness of time. And so I just want to give you guys a little history lesson on that. God sent his son Jesus at the right time, and what made that time right was the Roman Empire was pretty much the 
the main empire at that time under Caesar. And so that empire operated as a kingdom. And what made it so different from all the other empires is that when an empire went and took over your territory, what they would do is, not the Roman Empire, but all other empires before them, what they would do is they would take the inhabitants of that, empire, of that territory that they overtook and bring them back into their land into captivity, make them slaves. The Roman Empire didn't do that. And this is why Jesus was sent here at this time was because the Roman Empire, instead of removing you from your territory, what they would do is they would send a governor and a colony of people into that territory to make you have the mind of that, that empire, of that king. That is what a king is. A king wants to take over territory because what he believes is, is that his way of thinking his way of doing thing is the right way of doing it, right? And so it's not that he wants more land. It's that he wants to influence the earth with his ideology and his way of thinking. And so God has sent Jesus at this time because that models how we are supposed to be as Christians, right? When we go and we say we're going to take territory, what are we doing as kingdom believers, we're going to instill the mind of Christ in that territory and in that region. That's what Pontius Pilate was there for. He was the governor. And so Caesar was not the most important person in that territory Pontius Pilate was. And so Jesus being brought to Pontius Pilate when you know the religious folk gathered him up and took him there, Pontius Pilate says this, he says, don't you understand that I have the power to take your life? And what did Jesus say? No man has the power to take my life. I can, I can, I can die and I can raise it up. That's what Jesus said. Why? Because he was a king also, right? And so what we as kingdom-minded people have to do is take that mindset, take this discipleship that we're getting in God's house and go and spread it. Go and spread it in your work environment. Go and spread it to where you are, in your family, in your home. That's what we're supposed to do, amen? John the Baptist came saying, everybody repent. For what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen? Amen. He said, the kingdom's coming. The prophet Isaiah he said, and on this increase of his kingdom, there will be no end. Nothing can stop it. Jesus' influence and the kingdom that he brought in this earth, nothing will ever be able to stop it. But it's up to us to advance it. Amen? And so back to what we as people understand, and while growing up in that democracy, um, Dr. Miles Monroe had written a book about the kingdom principles. He's written many books on, on this topic, but he's got very different um, series of these books. But in one of his books, he broke down the different governments of this world, and he pointed out the flaw in each and every one of them. And the main flaw and the only real flaw with democracy is that the majority rules. The majority rules. 
And that's what we see in this, this country right now, right? That you can have one person or one thing that's doing the right thing, and you can have another party that's doing the wrong thing. And if the majority of the people go with the party that's doing the wrong thing, what's going to happen? That party's going to rule. But we as Christians have to get out of these buildings and quit praying for change when God has instilled everything in us to bring it. That's what we have to do. We are the ecclesia. We are the governing body. And Apostle Kyle talked about it this morning. I wanted to talk about it a little bit, but he said I stole his notes, and I believe he got in my notes, but it is what it is. Amen. Y'all can hear it again. But the fact is, is that we have to recognize that Jesus is king, and we have to submit to his authority. And it's when we submit to his authority that he will give us the power and authority to go out. Right? Until we do that, nothing's going to change. Right? God has given us that. God says that he has given man dominion over the earth. Could God come and change it? Absolutely he could. But just like Apostle Kyle said this morning, the law of first mention. He gave man the power and authority. Amen? So now that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, we have a governor in the earth, don't we? Who is that governor? The Holy Spirit. Right? And that's what that governor is here doing, is influencing us to think like he thinks to do as Jesus would do, to have that mindset. And so that's why it's so important that we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us so we can go and we can do. And so when somebody's in the checkout line, right, we can go and we can pay for their groceries. Or when somebody's getting on our nerves at work, we don't do, you know, like sometimes we want to do and say bad things to them, right? Amen? Instead of that, what we want to do is we want to go and show them the love of Christ, right? That's how things are going to change. I'm not bragging on myself. This is not what I'm doing. But me and a really good friend of mine, he's, he's come to Dominion Church a few times. He has a home church, and I would never pull him away from that. But he even grabbed a microphone at Dominion one time. He did. He went up there and grabbed the microphone. Holy Spirit got a hold of him, and he went to giving a testimony. I said, oh, Lord, Apostle Kyle wasn't even there. I don't know where he was that Sunday, but worship was going so good. He went up there and went to Pastor Stephen McFadden. He, he did like that, and she gave him the microphone. I said, oh, Lord, he's got the microphone. But he came to me the other day, and he said, man, I just want to tell you. He said, um, he said them guys in here, man, they just they don't know how you do it. And I said, what? He said, yeah, he said, you got four kids and, you know, things are tough, things are hard. And he said, I had to minister to him on behalf of your testimony. He said, I hope that's okay. I said, hey, man, hey, it's, it's all God. And I said, well, what do you mean they don't know how I do it? And what they're doing is they're having to put so much of themselves into a job. 
And what I mean of that is time, right? Where when they don't have to work seven days a week, they're volunteering to go work seven days a week because they don't have that source that they can depend on. And so what they meant by is they don't know how I do it is because Jericho tell you, on the weekends, you know, I get the privilege to just leave early. I can stay as long as I want and get as many hours as I want. But I'm out of there at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And they're like, how is he making it? You know, here we are struggling. He has four kids, a wife at home. How is he struggling? I mean, how is he making it? And, and Larry just flat out and told him, he said, man, it's God. God sustains that young man. And he does. Right? Long as you're faithful to God, he'll be faithful to you. Right? And so, even because of that, I mean, it's all night long. People are coming. Hey, man, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Right? And that's how you change an atmosphere. Right? That, that, that place is just so... It's so chaotic. Jericho will tell you about it, but but that's how you do it. You go and you have that mind of Christ. You go and you spread that good news because it is good news, right? Amen. But God says that he wants to do, or he wants to make a new nation, right? And I want to break down what he's saying. Uh, Trey, could you go back to um, Genesis 12? Oh, yeah, that's the right scripture too, right? Yep. He says, get out of your country. Let's break down country a little bit. And let's see what God's really talking about here. God is talking about our culture and even our ethnicity. Amen. That's what he's talking about here in country. You know, I don't walk around in this earth representing white people. I don't do it. I represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what's in my mindset, right? And that's what we have to do. We have to get out of this. This is the requirements for God saying, I want to do a new thing in the earth. Let's go to the next one. He says, get out of your family. And this one here, He's talking about our class. You see, the world wants to classify us, right? We've got the lower class. We've got the middle class. We've got the upper class. we got the poverty. we got the educated class. All those are classifications not from God but from the enemy. But we ourselves find ourselves more often than not even labeling it ourselves as that. And God says, get out of it. And even in this last one, he says, and from your father's house, and this is the one right here, the generational curses. And let's talk about the generational curses for a minute. Okay? Your daddy was broke. Hmm? His daddy was broke. Your daddy was wrapped up in pornography and lust and sleeping around and things like that. Your mama had cancer, and so you need to prepare for cancer. Hmm? 
Come on. Your entire lineage in your family's had diabetes, so you're probably going to have diabetes. And God's saying, get out of those generational curses. He says, I haven't put any of that on you. Right? That's what God is saying. He says, and once you get out of that, here's the three requirements for you that you have to do. You have to submit yourself to me. God will take care of those generational curses. I'm a witness to that. I'm a witness to narcissistic generational curses. God had to remove me from that and take me out of that, right? Get out of your class. Quit classifying yourself. The only class you should have, I'm a child of the king. That's the only classification that you need to put on yourself, right? Because what happens is, is once you start labeling yourselves as these things that I, some of you have taken notes, you can write those down. Just like that, 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 that ethnicity and that culture thing. Those are boundaries that you're placing on yourself. God isn't placing those boundaries on you. God has made you that way to influence that, whatever it may be. But, but quit saying that this is all I'll ever be. Not in God's eyes. I wonder, once we step out of this, and Trey, could you throw up First Peter? First Peter 2 and 9. It says you're a chosen generation. Not a generational curse. You have royal lineage, right? Not... Not, not lineage that we have placed boundaries on. A holy nation. Not a classification that's labeled by the society that we live in. God's holy nation, his own special people. And that's it right there, his own special people. Isn't that freeing? That you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness. What is that darkness? All of those things that you've labeled yourself as. Jude 6 is my favorite scripture. Trady, can you get that scripture put up for me? I know I didn't give it to you, but Holy Spirit's moving on me right here. And I just, I want to show you guys this. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. No chapters, just scriptures. Jude didn't have a lot to say, but what he said was powerful. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode. He has reserved an everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of that great day. And you may be saying, man, what is he talking about there? But you see that word darkness? That's ignorance. And that is where God has reserved right here. He has reserved. God has reserved who? The angels who did not keep their proper domain. He is reserved for them in chains under everlasting ignorance. What we are ignorant to will remain in that darkness. The only way we come out of it is God's word. That is where those angels who had fallen from heaven with Satan operate at, in darkness. That darkness being ignorance, what you haven't come to the knowledge of. 
And it's hard to come to the knowledge of something if you can't get into it. And that's our word. Every single problem that we as believers would have to face is in God's word. Amen? That is the most freeing thing. That all we have to do is open up his will. That is why he's given it to us. And get in there and study it and read it and watch the problems and the things that we do not know come to fruition. Right? I love my word. What, but probably about two and a half years before God had ever called me, he put me in a season of silence and of time with him. And I'm thankful for it because every single day I need his word to get me through the day. Having triplets, it ain't for the faint of heart. Even better is having triplets and two of them being autistic. Right? And daddy don't know sometimes, but my daddy does. Amen? Father God, he knows, right? And I'm so thankful for it, right? And so I know this is probably not one of those messages where we run and we shout, right? But that's okay, amen? Because we believe that God has instilled something in us. Amen. And with this word, he definitely has instilled something in me, right? Even with our fast, God has really done a thing in my life where I have to spend more time in that word, right? I even do, like, um, even at work, I have a lot of downtime at work, and I'm so thankful for that. And that is a lot of times where I get, get my word time in, right? But I'm even finding in this year of 2024 where that's just not going to be enough. And that's okay, right? Because it's God and He's directing our paths, right? Right? That's what we have to be mindful of. And so the last thing I want to say is, is that we got to get out of those, those classes. We got to get out of that, that culture mindset that the this, this country has, has placed on us, right? Because we can't put our hope in man. We can't put our hope in a party. We can't put our hope in a set of judges or a Congress or a parliament, a par- parliament, whatever it is over in Europe, right? Our hope is in King Jesus, amen? And so what I want to say is if God has done something in your heart today, just give him praise for it. Amen. Amen.